welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. I want to do a deeper dive into direct-to-consumer marketing and uh, specifically consistent results without reinventing the wheel. So when I hear this... um, or the way that owners will say it, the way that I'll hear them say it or see it written is, uh, I feel like I'm reinventing the wheel every month. You know, th- this is a lot of work. How can I get consistent results essentially with less effort? So let's talk about that. Um, and the real key here is the understanding of what processes are and also what systems are. And we're gonna talk about it in this session specific to direct-to-consumer marketing. So a process is essentially a step-by-step, usually three to seven steps of um, here's how to do this, let's call it a task, right? So we mentioned before the seven-step killer exam, that is an example of a process. A system is really a culmination of uh, several processes working together, right? So um, we might have a a process for the seven-step killer exam, um, we might have one for, um, if, if we're talking about, you know, the patient experience, we might have a process around um, exercise uh, progression, right? It, it creating a, a, an extra therapeutic exercise program and progression. We might have one around um, other modalities that we're offering. I know Luke and Ashton do uh, dry needling, or, you know, if we have uh, another modality involved or manual therapy, um, but prescription and progression. Uh, in, in terms of a treatment plan, we might have a process around documentation, right? And together, that, that creates a system around patient care and providing plans of care. So processes, again, are the step-by-step. Systems are the culmination of several, process, several processes that work together, that integrate together um, to create a specific result. A quick message before we continue, $266,000. That's the cut in revenue my physical therapy practice that we expect to take in 2022 from shrinking reimbursements. Look, running a healthcare practice can be tough. So I'm inviting you to join me on October 12th for a free training uh, that I'm hosting where I'll be teaching a proven formula for growth in spite of reimbursement cuts. You can save your spot for free by heading over to getbreakthrough.com forward slash 2022 cuts. That's getbreakthrough.com forward slash 2022 cuts. I hope to see you there. So when we're talking about direct-to-consumer marketing, we have a couple more minutes here, so we'll go through this. The old way, which uh, both Jeff and Luke and Ashton referred to, you know, this is when I started in private practice before we had direct access. I know Texas just got uh, direct access two years ago. uh, And... I think everybody except Missouri's uh, on board, at least with uh, quasi or partial direct access. But we have people in pain in our community, right? They might have back pain or shoulder problems, a bounce and dizziness issue, a vestibular issue, lymphedema, whatever it may be. They have a problem. They go to their doctor. That doctor can prescribe a medication or medications. They can give an injection or send to a specialist. Um, They can send to a specialist for surgery or they can order more diagnostic imaging, or they can refer to physical therapy. 
Well, if you checked out that study, you remember that uh, study we cited before two um, in the Journal of General Internal Medicine from 2003 to 2014, um, there was a 53.6% decline in physician referrals to physical therapy. Now, I had never read the original full article. I had only read what was in uh, the APTA, um, what the APTA did in, in summation. So over the last uh, three, three months or so, I, I went back and I found the original article in the Journal of General Internal Medicine. And I didn't understand that they had positioned this, but um, they, so they show a graph of this progressive decline in physician referral to PT. They also show a subsequent increase in referrals to specialists. Now, what's going on there? So in the early 2000s, um, and there were seminars, workshops around this, but hospitals, again, started employing family physicians. They would go out and they would buy you know, the family physician practice. The family physician was now an employee of the hospital, and they started capturing the referrals for diagnostic imaging, for specialists, for um, conservative care, physical therapy, PT, OT, speech, you know, etc. And if you think about it, and I, I know we all want to be blind um, or uh, be altruistic that every physician makes a referral based on what's best for the patient, right? Research, and you can go to uh, Michael Gerger, the author, the MD who wrote um, How Not to Die and on nutritionfacts.org, he actually cites the research published in peer-reviewed physician journals that says, yes, um, financial incentive dictates often influences referrals for care. And he crushes it with stints. Um, there's another uh, disorder that he really gets into, but, um, and he said, here's all the medic, or here's all the um, research to support this. So you can go to nutritionfacts.org and swim upstream there. But yes, that's really what's happening, right? So we have this decline in physician referral to PTs. We have an increase in physician referral to specialists, physicians who do primarily injections, medications, and surgery, right? Why, why would they be doing that? Well, I think if you follow what has happened with the healthcare GDP in the US, um, you can quickly deduce the answer there, read between the lines, right? So that's what's happening to us, right? We can't rely on that anymore. We need to create a new pipeline. We can't rely on that alone for growth, right? Again, I would not abandon it. If you have physician referrals on lockdown in your area and there are no healthcare systems influencing where those physician referrals go, fantastic, have at it, maintain that marketplace advantage. However, for the rest of us, you know, we have to diversify in some way. So we started going direct, you know, to consumer. We know from research, whether it's back pain or rotator cuff, whatever the uh, musculoskeletal malady is, that uh, roughly 10% of people are aware of what physical therapy can do and actually utilize us. And you and I have said at some point, you know, I wish um, more people would know what we do in physical therapy, right? Um, yeah, of, of course, the, the knee issue, the osteoarthritic knee is related to um, the SI joint and lumbopelvic pain, right?
right? And we can help that and oftentimes help that person cancel a total knee replacement. Um, that's just one example, right? It, yes, we wish more people knew. So how do we do that? Well, we have to think through this in a scientific, logical, rational way. And um, the way to do that is there are people in your community, let's say within a 20 mile radius of your facility, or you can go 10 mile radius, it's very arbitrary. Let's say there's 50,000 people. How many of those people suffer from the main thing that you would like to attract, the main diagnosis? And let's say for this example, it's rotator cuff issues. So maybe you say, you know, in the last 30 days, my guess is 5% of my local area has suffered with a rotator cuff or shoulder problem. So back it out. You have 50,000 people, 5% is 2,500 people. Could you handle 2,500 new patients at your facility or your locations in the, the next 30 days? Most of us don't have the infrastructure, don't have the space, the personnel to be able to handle that. But we could handle um, a, a portion of that, right? And some people are more appropriate for physical therapy than others. Um, you know, there may be a, a cash pay or affordability issue. There may be an insurance issue and what you're allowed to participate with in your area. But we have these people in pain and some of them we can help with physical therapy. So the first step in that is attraction. And we're gonna do a deep dive into that here in a second. Then once we get them to raise their hand, right? And say, yes, I have a shoulder problem. I wanna learn what I can do then we have a conversion. That's the next element, right? The next process that we have in a direct consumer marketing system. Once we have the system set up, it makes it more efficient. And I just wanted to comment really quickly. Uh, there is a common fallacy that um, systems remove all work. That is, that's not how it works. Uh, systems make effort more efficient, right? And yes, the goal is effortless, but most things worthwhile in life require some amount of effort, right? We just don't wanna you know, think about it uh, you know, the first time you learn how to swim or if your kids are going through this or your grandkids, swim or ride a bike or any new skill, right? There's tremendous effort in the very beginning. And then as we, um, as we get higher competency and we get more familiar with everything, all the variables that are controlling that activity, um, we, we become more efficient and more effective. A system does that same thing. It's a repeatable way that every time that we're gonna do this activity, um, we get better, right? So we learn to put our right foot on the pedal and push off with our left or however, or you know, always have the right pedal at the top, right? That's our little system when we're four or five years old learning how to ride a bike. Um, and then we, we learn how to get started, we learn how to, create momentum and maintain our balance and not look behind us at our brother or sister and focus forward where we're riding to, right? And then we learn how to ride a bike. It's the same thing here. So we have uh, processes for attraction and uh, processes for conversion, right? So once they raise their hand, what do we do, right? How, what does that conversation sound like that we're to be having? Do we send them an email? Do we send them a text? Do we uh, phone call, right? So there's a conversion process there or processes. We then, they then sign up for a plan of care. They then graduate that plan of care and ultimately they return again for additional care in the future or they send us word of mouth referrals. This is the new model of private practice PT. So attract. There are three big points that when you're talking about attraction, 
um, that you want to think about in terms of processes and systems. So the first one is cold traffic versus warm traffic. The second one is direct response versus branding. You have to be able to think through that. And the third one is patient education versus premier rehab center. So let's talk about cold versus warm traffic. Uh, quick quiz for you. I'll be watching here um, in the chat. You can put your answers in the chat. So a patient newsletter, is that cold traffic? And I'll give you the definition here in a second. Cold traffic, warm traffic, or hot? What do you think? Type it in the chat. Andrea says hot. She also said warm. Warm, warm, cold, warm, warm. Warm, warm. Great. Um, so ideally, if uh, you know our patient list is made up of people, the majority, hopefully, that met their goals in physical therapy and graduated PT. Hopefully, they had a very, uh, they had an excellent experience. They know, like, and trust us. They likely know, you know, I know in my case, they know weird stuff about me, six kids. They'll bring up stuff about, you know, oh, saw your baby alpaca or, you know, whatever the latest news on the farm is. Um, and they know me personally. I believe that's for most of us, your patient list, patient newsletter is addressing um, hot, right? The, they know, like, and trust you. They know what physical therapy can do. And uh, really it's, it's low hanging fruit for most of us. So patient newsletter sent to your patient, past patient and present patient list would be considered hot. Um, hot, know, like, and trust you. Know what, they're very aware of what physical therapy can do. They, they had a positive experience in the past. They've already bought from you, whether you're cash pay or your insurance, right, in network. Um, warm traffic would be people that are, they're at least aware, right? They might know a little bit about you and they're aware of what physical therapy can do for them, right? So, uh, and by the way, almost every marketing strategy that is in private practice PT addresses these two, right? Warm and hot. They're aware and they know, like, and trust us uh, to some degree. The other one, the, the missing ingredient for us mostly in uh, direct-to-consumer marketing is that cold traffic, right? We don't know how to think about that. These people, they're not solution aware, right? They don't know what physical therapy can do for them. And they definitely don't know who we are or know, like, and trust us. So patient email, what do you think that is? Cold, warm, or hot? Should be a quick, easy one. Type your answer in the chat. Hot, I'll, I'll agree with you, Heather. Word of mouth referral. So you see Mary for her shoulder pain and now she referred her neighbor, Nancy, in for um, her back. What do you think that is? Warm, I agree with you, Jennifer. Um, I believe that's warm traffic, right? It's a third party introduction. They might not know, like, and trust us personally, um, but they know, like, and trust somebody who knows us, right? So third-party endorsement, fantastic for us, word-of-mouth referral. You know, usually when you walk into that room, there's some anticipation for uh, Nancy has some anticipation. She might uh, know a personal detail or two about you, right? So I, I would definitely say that's warm. Physician referral, 
cold, warm, or hot. PA, nurse practitioner, dentist, whatever is legal in your state. Warm. Lots of warms for physician referral. I agree. And um, the, I think, you know, what we always try to do is get the physician summary out. Most of the time, uh, if they haven't had PT themselves, uh, their exposure to physical therapy is extremely limited uh, in their experience. They think we're, you know, hand out an exercise sheet. If we can get them some, we used to show videos of like before and after uh, treatments when we were able to get into the physician office. But many times the physician would say something like, you know, I really think you need physical therapy. And they would do a little bit of a positioning and, and salesmanship for us. Um, and that's definitely a, a warm lead when done the right way. A warm patient. Uh, partner workshop. So Gold's Gym, uh, 24 hour fitness, the local CrossFit gym, they invite you in to do a workshop on uh, back pain or shoulder problems. And uh, those people in the room, is that cold traffic, warm traffic, hot traffic? Got a cold, we got a hot. Again, when done well, I would say it's at least warm. Um, when done well. And a physician referral can be done very poorly uh, with bad communication from physician to patient. Same thing with a partner workshop. But the majority of the, especially the repeats that we have, uh, you know, Jan over at Gold's or whoever it is uh, that is hosting us for the workshop, they usually do a pretty good job of um, promoting us and, and do a nice job of that, that third party referral. Um, a Google ad. So this is, uh, somebody in your community, they're in that, they're part of that 2,500, uh, people with, uh, shoulder pain and they, um, they're searching, uh, shoulder pain, physical therapy or shoulder pain treatment near me. Um, we have cold or warm, not hot, cold, warm, cold, cold. Well, if they're search, I, Heather, I think you're right. So Heather said, well, if they are searching warmish right? They're at least solution oriented, right? Which is huge for us. So they have a problem. They're very aware of the problem and they're all, and this is tricky. They're at least, uh, maybe they, they're solution aware, right? They're willing to click on your, you know, your Madden physical therapy page or ABC physical therapy page, whatever your PT page is. Um, so frequently, and a Google ad is very um, non-intrusive. It requires the user to do something that is relative to the ad. So they're usually solution oriented. And I, I again, agree with Heather. I think it's warmish. Um, I think most of the market thinks that that is cold traffic. A YouTube ad, owned, incidentally owned by Google, which we started uh, playing around with. So YouTube, I'm minding my own business. I'm watching, you know, uh, Tom Segura, uh, clip or, you know, some comedy special, um, right? So I'm watching a, a video on YouTube and a video of you pops up uh, while I'm waiting for my daily dose of comedy and dad jokes. And now I'm watching you talk about shoulder pain. Is that cold, warm, or hot? Uh, 
All right, some of you, I got gun, gun shy here. Uh, Heather says cold, Rafi says cold. I agree, I think, I believe it's cold traffic. I think it would be considered uh, um, not intrusive as the right word, but it's, a, it's an interruption, right? Um, it, yeah, so just something to think about there. That's outbound type marketing, right? And let's go Facebook. So you're scrolling through, looking at pictures of your grandkids, your kids, graduation, travel, photos. Cold, cold, cold. I completely agree. Now, why is that important? Because when, so um, we've shared our de novo success, right? Opening the clinics, um, quick rundown. If you haven't heard before, you know, March, I'm sorry, uh, January 27th of 2020, Chris, and Chris is about to be on here, but opened up uh, Cedar Cliff. Um, that clinic was profitable in February. So open January 27th, income realized minus expenses, month number one, full month number one, February. Um, they were profitable over $8,000. Chris was profitable in the year, even without PPP considerations at, the, at their clinic. He just added their fifth full-time clinician and they've done over 200 visits in a week already. Um, so he's looking at expanding there. Clinic uh, number two was the COVID clinic, very similar to Luke and Ashton. We opened March 9th of uh, 2020. Uh, that was with Matt. You're gonna hear from Matt today. And um, same thing there, Matt, 2000 square feet, just hired their fifth full-time clinician. They're looking at expanding, potentially opening another office down there because it doesn't seem like there's a logical place we can expand um, in that existing space. So how did we do that? In both of those markets, they were very cold markets for us. Um, a lot of research went into that, much of which we highlighted in that uh, zero to profitable and 90 days training that is available, widely available to everybody uh, for free. And um, the other thing that we did is we went in and we had to address that cold traffic right away. So that's online with what we're showing here. Um, that is using you know, direct mail, print ads, whatever is available, understanding the media and going and, under, and learning how to do cold traffic and doing it well, right? And then we have, so now, you know, Matt and Chris both have patient lists. They have lists of physicians in the area. So now we have some warm traffic marketing, um, some, some hot traffic marketing there as well. So just think about that. If you're going to open a new clinic, if you're going to expand, Likely, you want to balance um, your cold, warm, and hot initiatives. Again, most of the market right now, we only focus on the 10% of people who already know, like, and, and trust us in our community or are solution aware. Next thing that we want to talk about is direct response versus branding. And well, I'll ask for takeaways here in a second. Um, but when we talk about branding, and uh, I, I did this thing, I, I just started taking screenshots of everything that I was seeing on Facebook from uh, local conservative care providers. So physical therapist, chiropractic, um, naturopathic, functional medicine, any podiatry, anything that you can think of and how they were marketing. And the majority of clinicians, um, we, we buy branding. So 
and you've heard, you know, the, the marketing roller coaster that we're all on when, you know, we're really busy uh, in the clinic, then we let our marketing go a little bit um, and our new patients go down. And then because our new patients go down, we're not needed as much in the clinic. Now we go out and market again and we just, we stay on this cycle. But there's another phenomenon, which is, uh, it goes with that and it's marketing roulette. And I used to play it a lot. And what would happen is I'm busy in the clinic. I would get a, an unwelcome guest, usually a, a rep from the local media, doesn't matter what it was, TV, radio, billboards, et cetera. They would come in and they would be selling packages. I would almost always buy the middle package. It didn't matter what they were buying. And we would run an ad, right? And that ad read very well, made me feel great or made us feel great as Matt and PT. It usually talked about us, talked about how, you know, how great we were, right? Um, but th that rep would come back, you know, two or three months later and say, hey, how did that work? Time to buy more ads. And I, I wouldn't know if it worked or not, right? So that's, that's what happens with branding. It's usually us focused, which we're going to talk more about here on the second slide. Um, but it's not nearly as effective and it's not really scientific. And you and I just don't have the money to waste on branding. However, when we go direct response, we frequently, and this is often misunderstood, we get a branding effect. So what is, um, what is that branding effect? We'll talk about that in a second, but um, direct response, let's talk about that. So 2,500 people, water break. Twenty five hundred people, uh, excuse me, have shoulder pain in our area, right? We want them to raise a, raise their hand. So now there are a couple different things that we can go into the marketplace with. We have a session on this later, but we can offer them uh, to get them to raise their hand, right? We can offer them uh, free or discounted service. We can offer them a free um, or discounted product. So a free service would be like. A, or discounted service, literally right out my window, there's a, a chiropractic office. Um, and uh, they offer a $39 one hour massage, right? And that's, it's a way for them to generate leads, people going in for the, the inexpensive uh, discounted massage. And then my guess is still that that massage therapist is trained to, um, talk about maladies, you know, within the neck or pathologies within the neck, um, back, any musculoskeletal problems that they may be having, and that leads to a chiropractic appointment, right? So we could do that with direct response. We could also do, and we want it to be measurable, right? We wanted them to raise their hand and we want it to be measurable. We could offer them a product, which would be like a sample of biofreeze. We could also offer um, information. And from testing, over and over again, information is the best long-term converter. It is the hardest to execute for most owners. That should mean, and most clinicians, and but it's not just physical therapy, it's every, and um, we have talked with uh, quite a few different uh, conservative care clinicians across the board. Um, July 4th, I was just with uh, my wife's family uh, there's a naturopathic doctor, the largest naturopathic practice here um, in central Pennsylvania. Steph's cousin is married to Jessica Shoemaker. Um, amazing conversation. Talking with her about business and marketing is 
almost exactly the same as talking with uh, any of us, right? Very, very similar. So we want to be scientific with that marketing. We want those people to raise their hand. And we can offer a free service, discounted service. We can offer a free or discounted product, or we can offer information. And that is typically hard for us to execute because we don't know how to present information um, into the marketplace to get people to raise their hand. Again, we're going to have a session on that here a little bit later, but that's direct response. So that person raises their hand, they give us some information, they're cold, right? They don't know, like, and trust us. They also are not aware that physical therapy is a potential solution for their problem, but that's what that is. So direct response, um, we get the best of both worlds. We not only get get the low hanging fruit of people that convert over to a plan of care fairly quickly and easily. We also get this long-term branding effect because we are still advertising. We're advertising on Facebook, we're advertising on YouTube, we're advertising um, in print ads, radio, TV, et cetera. And we get this lift because now there is more exposure uh, to our brand. And that brand, frankly, is that we're doing goodwill and educating people on what they, what they can do in the marketplace. Um, with regards to their healthcare. Um, so that's the difference between direct response and branding. Again, most of us buy market, uh, marketing messages that make us feel good as providers. The right way to do it is to think about the patient and what's in it for them, right? They don't care for McKenzie certified it, and you can fill in the blank with anything or, um, you know, we love TMR or manual therapy or aquatic therapy or anything like that. Typically, they don't care about the treatment nearly as much as we do. They care about, I have shoulder pain and now I can't play tennis or racquetball or get dressed or take care of my kids or do what I need to do, right? Without severe, I can't sleep at night because of severe pain. That's what they care about. So that's when we go direct response, that's what we want to focus on. Um, patient education versus premier rehab center. By the way, this is a uh, Kinetics PT, Tony and Melissa Sear uh, down in Florida stole this off of their site, but this is a shoulder workshop. Um, focus on the patient, right? We can do that. And that's what they're doing here um, with their marketing. They're focusing on the patient, right? Um, a friend just sent me um, literally a screenshot and it said, I think you're missing an opportunity because you don't have your name um, on the uh, mobile version of your website. Now, the website is Madden and Gilbert Physical Therapy, which is our name, but the, there's no branding or very little branding, only our logo within the first fold on our workshop page. And I, my response was, well, yeah, because we're focused on the patient and we've learned that we really don't need our name on there as long as we have the phone number and an easy way for them to contact us. So or we can choose to focus on us. And, you know, I, I've fallen into this. It's, we don't know any better, right? It's not really our fault. We're not marketers by trade, um, but most of us probably have some, something about being the number one or premier rehab center in our area. We're the best, we're the best, we're the best, right? Um, and it's much more effective, especially if we need to pay attention to our advertising dollar that we're focusing on the patient and using patient information or education by way of workshop report, book, um, educational video uh, when, we're, when we're doing our marketing. So really, there, to answer the original question, there are the three big components that I would fo focus on when we're uh, building out that attraction uh, process and system. So 
back to the, answering this question, you know, processes that we have in place, grant ink letter to patients, grant ink letter to physicians, patient newsletter, seven step killer exam, partner workshops, in-house workshop. By the way, I've not only written about these in Killer Marketing Secrets, uh, we, we have an abundant amount of training on these processes um, that, are, that are part of this direct-to-consumer marketing system. So if we wanted to be specific in example and talk about a patient reactivation system, so this is past patients being reactivated, we have the Grin Inc. letter, we have the patient newsletter where we promote something called the GPE, which is greatest promotion ever, uh, seven-step killer exam, patient email campaigns, they are all processes that are part of our patient reactivation system. So again, getting back to that, we want to think about processes making up a collective system. And when we have that system in place, now we know, you know, every six months, we're going to be running a GPE. Um, every day, every week, we're sending out our therapists are doing green ink letters to graduated patients. Once a month, we're sending out a patient newsletter with an offer inside. Um, we have, you know, every therapist in a free screen or initial evaluation, they're doing that seven-step killer exam. Twice a month, we're sending out a patient email campaign. That way, we don't feel like we're having to reinvent the wheel um, every single month. Remember to visit GetBreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.